Hello guys, welcome back to the Talk Crystal Palace podcast. My name is Ollie. hope you're all having a good week. Um, like Palace this weekend, we've got a, a Premier League winter break, in inverted commas, of one weekend, uh, even though there is also a game this weekend, which makes no sense. But um, yeah, so a little break from Palace. And it's actually weird. Like I used to, under Roy during COVID and kind of a bit before that, I didn't mind international breaks so much, at least, or breaks, sorry, so much, at least from a Palace perspective. But uh, I watched Match of the Day 2 for the first time today, just to look back at the Liverpool game. And I really miss us playing this weekend. Like, I love this team so much. They're such a exciting and fun team to support. Even watching the Liverpool game back, yeah, it was so annoying. I, I mean, I just about got over Kevin Friend, and then I saw that back, and I was like, well... Um, but you know, like even even regardless of that game and the result, or regardless of the result, I was still like, yeah, this team, this team's the one. Um, and kind of on the topic of of that performance and and this team, um, one player who, weirdly enough, since I've started this podcast, has been a real hot topic of discussion uh, is Jean Philippe Mateta, and uh, the rumours going around today that um, we are going to sign him permanently, not for the original uh, price of twelve million pounds; it'd be closer to eight. Um, and a lot of the conversation around him, you know, since I started was if he scored against Millwall, then, you know, he's cult hero, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, th- I think his whole story of coming in on loan, scoring against Brighton, frozen out the team for ages, then brought back in out of pure necessity, takes his chance, scores against Millwall, assists against Liverpool and has fought his way from nothing back it arguably as our, to our first choice striker now. That is cult hero material. Um, and it got me thinking, in my lifetime, who would get into a Palace Cult eleven? And that is going to be the basis of this podcast. This is going to probably, if someone has the exact same eleven as me, then I will be absolutely amazed. Um, but before I kind of go into my team and the reasons, I'm going to set some general kind of rules and parameters in order to get into uh, a Cult eleven. So in order to get into a Cult eleven, there are a few things I think you have to tick off. Number one, obviously, you have to be liked by the fans, generally speaking. Uh, number two, you can't be too good. So someone like Wilf or Punchin are not in my team because they're not like, I don't know. I think for to be a cult hero, you can't be like really, really good. Then you're just a hero. Maybe, that's just my parameters anyway. Preferably part of an iconic team. Uh, playing a role in that. I think that always helps, just generally being liked by fans, etc. Uh, wasn't at the club for, like, ages. Um, although one of my picks completely ignores that. So maybe you can ignore that as well. Generally cared a lot about the team and, like, showed in some way that, you know, like, they were won over by Palace and they kind of became Palace, in, in a sense. Um, and then some sort of iconic like moment or time at the club um you'll, you'll kind of see what I mean like some something which like you think of that player and you think of this straight away uh again I'm not sure if all my players fit into all of those categories but I say those are generally things that can help you get into a cult 11 so I'm going 4-3-3 uh, and in goal again I could have gone Spironi um but I just think he is like a pa- too much of a palace legend to be a cult hero like I think cult also implies that like some people love you but like you wouldn't get into everyone's all-time palace 11 you have to be kind of a tier below that um I think Speroni is like too iconic you could be maybe you think I'm waffling that's that's my rules I'm setting that now um 
I could have gone Wayne Hennessy and people would have probably deleted this podcast off their phone and then launched out of the window. So I've gone for Gabor Kirai because my thinking was, one, he was actually pretty good like when he was with Palace. Two, uh, he was part of like a Premier League team. Um, he was a big personality as well. And of course, the joggers. Like the joggers are prime cult 11 material. That is what we like in a team. Now, I think he's actually, bar one person... Um, that's like the furthest back I go. I am only 23. So I can't remember masses before like 2004. Like 2004, five is kind of the first season I can really remember like who was good and who wasn't. Um, And there are definitely a few honourable mentions from like around that period and up to now as well. There's a real variety, uh, but I think you can kind of see my age, the, the people I've gone for. At right back, I've gone for Joel Ward. Uh, now, I know I said that preferably they weren't at the club for ages, but Joel Ward has been. But what I would say is I don't think he's ever, apart from maybe like one or two seasons, been like a real standout player. Like he's always been a solid part of the team. And obviously now he's declining, but that's kind of adding to his cult hero-ness. Like he's still playing into his 30s, like grinding along, you know. I think he's really good cult hero material. You might argue he's too good, but I'm going to put him at right back. Again, I thought about Klein, but... I don't know, I just think, I don't like, I'm denied about this because he was obviously really good when he was with us and actually, like, when he was first with us. And I think that kind of counts against him. And I think the fact that he then went on to play for, like, Southampton and Liverpool maybe, like, undoes it a bit. Just in my head, don't get me wrong, like, in an all-time, in their peak 11, I would have Klein over Ward. But in a cult hero 11, I would have Ward over Klein. That's, that's what I'm going for. I'm sticking to that. Two centre-backs. This partnership would probably be horrendous in real life. But number one, uh, uh, well, first one, I've gone for Damien Delaney. I think that picks itself, to be honest. Like, he was liked by the fans. He wasn't, like, amazing. He was part of an iconic team. He wasn't at the club for that long. Uh, and he cared about Palace so much. And, like, we saved him when his career was... You know, he didn't want to play football anymore. We dragged him into the team. He got us promoted. He played Premier League football. Like, he's won, you know, against some of the biggest teams in the world. He is like, he's he's, well, he's captain or vice captain, because you'll see. But he picks himself. For the second one, again, I had options. I would actually say that Anderson and Gahey could be Colt 11 material later on. But it's too early, I think, for them. So I've gone for Sacco, Mamadou Sacco. He was loved by the fans when he came. I I think the thing is, the thing that gets him in there is the fact that he came on loan from a massive team and he almost felt like he, it felt like he was too good for us, but it felt like he joined us on the permanent because he like loved the club. Maybe that's just the way I construed it. I loved and still do love Sacco. So I think that narrative is absolutely perfect for cult hero 11 and I'm backing it. So Delaney and Sacco are sending back together, Matt. That would be... I mean, that would either be like the worst partnership or the best partnerships in in the club's history. I'll go for best just for my team's sake. Left back, there were only really two choices in my mind. I I don't think Moxie and Parr have enough to get in. People may argue against the Johnny Parr one, but not for me. PVA, uh, no. Like, he just was, by the end of his Palace career, no. Like, if you asked me in 2019, maybe, but not, not now. Mitchell's too young to be in it. I don't, and he's also like got too bright a future. Like he, sh- he should be reserved for Palace all-time 11 material, not cult hero material. 
So for me, it was between Pap Soiree and Danny Granville. I actually forgot about Pap Soiree, um, but he has he got decent material, like cult hero material. Um, however, I've gone for Granville just because I think that he probably contributed more. Wasn't as like I, I can't put my finger on it. I think that's part of the thing with the cult hero. It's such a personal thing. I would have Pap Soiree in a hundred percent. Like if someone went Soiree over Granville, then fine. But I really liked Danny Granville when he played for us. He's got, he was had an unreal like free kick in his locker, didn't he? He scored one against Millwall or Brighton or someone. You know, played in the Prem with us, like was a was a loyal loyal player. I just think he just pips Soiree. I think like they kind of fall into a similar category, but Granville is just above Soiree. So to recap, I've got Kirali in goal, Joel Ward right back, Mamasaku, uh, Damian Delaney, and Danny Granville as the back four. So now let's move into the midfield. Defensive midfield, I've gone for Jedi, Mila Jednak. You might say he's too good to be in this team. However, I would say that if you're talking all-time Palace eleven in terms of like a pure ability, I would still have Luca. Uh, oh, I would have prime Luca in inverted commas over him, which is people are not going to agree with that now because of the form Luca's in. But let's not forget he was um, he was unreal. Like when he first came to us, I'd have Kabai over him. I'd have MacArthur over him in terms of like pure ability. But if you look at like everything else, like the way he was with the club, the way he led the team, part of the promotion team was unreal in the first season back in the Prem. I think he might have been a player of the season, actually. He ticks all the boxes. Like he is, he's the skipper, Delaney Vice. Like he is prime cult hero 11 material. Mile Jednak absolutely walked in there. Centre mids, I've I've got I've actually got quite a balanced midfield. I'd say I've got Stuart O'Keefe, which might be a bit of a weird one, right? But hear me out. I think his performance in the playoff final is cult hero because he barely played that year, right? KG gets injured. He's thrown in to the biggest game of his career, the biggest game in Palace's like recent well, one of the biggest game in Palace's like recent history. And he was unbelievable. Like, he was insane in that game. He played so, so well, having barely touched the pitch all season. And, like, that is, that's what you have to do to get into a cult hero 11. Like, you don't have to have played for ages. Like, you can have an iconic moment in a massive game. And I think that is exactly what Stuart O'Keefe did. So, for me, he gets in there. It might be unpopular, that, but I'm sticking with it. I wouldn't, I'd have him over Ledley. I didn't, I didn't really, Ledley's not the one for me. Same with KG. Like, yeah, like maybe. But for me, O'Keefe, like, yeah, he, he gets in there purely for the playoffs. Next to him, maybe playing a kind of the Conor Gallagher role of the team, Marouane Schmack. So, so simple because, again, similar to Sacco, like, he joined us from having kind of gone around the teams a little bit. It was a bit of an outcast, a, a misfit of English football. We brought him in, played him in a role which we like we didn't I don't think we initially signed him to do kind of just off the striker and he was insane he was so underrated his technique was amazing his touch was beautiful worked so so hard um was just like the perfect player you want to have in your team like he kind of ticked every box in that sense like, didn't score but would like also didn't score that many goals when he scored it was like oh like Schmack scored like it was it was kind of like a thing i just think again similar to jedi at least in my lifetime he ticks that 
cult hero, like perfectly someone who the fans like really warm to. Like find me a Palace fan who doesn't love Shamak. Like it's impossible. And it's the same with Cameron Jerome, who just about misses out on the team because I do actually think, to be fair, some Palace fans don't like him. But those two, like, oh, man, I loved them together. Like, they weren't that good, but that is what made them so likeable. Like, they they gave everything for what they lacked in ability they made up for in work rate. And that was just the best. Like, I loved, I loved them together. It's such a shame that Shamak kind of got ruined by injuries in the end um, because, yeah, he was class on his day, mate. He was absolutely class. Right wing, I mean, we haven't exactly been spoiled for right wingers in my in my lifetime. I think punching was too good. Uh, Barry Bannon only did it really for like tops a year. Um, then you can go further back and look at like Joby McEnough. But I don't know, like I feel like he's he's got like a legend status of too many other teams, I think. Like that, that's another thing here is you want their main team, like the, the main, one of their main career memories to be Palace. Sacco... Like, maybe it doesn't fall into that completely, but you could say that about uh, definitely with Ward, with Delaney, with Granville as well, definitely with Jedi. Uh, O'Keefe, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what else he's done. Like, Shamak, again, probably had his most productive years in England with Palace, with the exception of like, his first few months at Arsenal. Um, so, for right wing, I've gone for Bakary Sacco because he had like, what, three spells at the club, I think. And he scored like goals in all of them. Like he came for his first spell, was amazing when he first signed. Like scored away at Chelsea in a win, scored the winner at home to Villa on his debut. Like he was just, he was so, so good. Then in and out of the team again, I think he, maybe he just came back from injury. I thought we re-signed him um, under Roy, scored away at Brighton in the FA Cup. I think he was maybe even one of our player of the month that season. And then he re-signed again a few years later. And, like, he was just such a likeable guy. You could see, like, he always played with a f- smile on his face. He had, like, a rocket of a left foot as well. Um, just, he had, like, a real personality about him. And I always really liked Sacco when he played for us. So I'm putting him at right wing. Because in his prime as well, I, I still stand by this, that if he had, like, found a level of consistency without injuries, kind of kept form up, we we wouldn't have played well for anywhere near as much as we ended up doing. Like, I stand by that. I think for a while, the pecking order was definitely Sacco and Balassi above Wilf um, and Punchin, of course. So it, maybe that's why Sacco gets in, because uh, he helped foster Wilf becoming our greatest ever player. Um, talking of that kind of iconic quadruple of, uh, or quartet, should I say, of wingers, on the left wing, we've got Balassi, prime, prime cult 11. Uh, so fun to watch. Proper, like, he had that South London spirit. I don't. I think he's from North London, but he has, like, that South London kind of spirit about him. Really quick, strong, iconic moments, like that hat-trick at Sunderland. Um, the, the, obviously, the, the Chris Stamble, he was unplayable, but equally, like, he was quite inconsistent and, like, wasn't too good that he was regarded as above cult hero. Like, he's a... He's a proper cult hero. They're kind of put, like he's active on Twitter now, tweeting fans. I think he's been on HLTCO's podcast. Maybe come on mine as well, Yannick, if you're listening. Um, like that. That's that's it. I don't think anyone can argue that. Do I even need to justify Balassi's selection? I don't think I do, but I am doing it anyway. So Yannick Balassi in a left wing. Now then, striker. Uh, this one might ruffle a few feathers, right? So let's just go through chronologically. Like the, the ones that I can remember in my life, right? So the furthest I can go is basically like, obviously Neil Shipley, who is obviously not going to get in there. AJ, too good. Like he got an England call up. 
Only Henri scored more goals than him in the Prem. He's not cult hero enough. He's a, he's a level above cult hero. Then there's a bit of like a weird period after that where I can't really remember many. Like, oh, Clinton Morrison. Again, like, I think if I was 10 years older, then Clinton Morrison would absolutely walk into this team. But he was kind of a bit before my time. Like, he came back, but he wasn't amazing in that period. Um, then you have, like, Shefki Kucci, who, again, like, you, people will look back on him with nostalgia, but nah, not for me. Not for me. James Scowcroft. Uh, did he score a hat-trick away again at Southampton? I think I was there for that on the opening day of the season. Very random. But again, like, I couldn't tell you another thing he did for Palace. you got Alan Lee, who I will say is in with a shout. Scored um, against Chef Wednesday as well. Talking of that, again, Darren Ambrose. I, could I have him over O'Keefe? Oh, I didn't even think of that, you know. Yeah, you know what? I'm making a late substitution. Not balanced team at all. Jedi, you're a your soul holding mid. Darren Ambrose going in for O'Keefe. O'Keefe, you're coming on around 70 minutes when Shamak's hamstrings have both exploded as they did basically in every game he played towards the end of his career for Palace. Darren Ambrose. I think, again, he's not quite like... Yeah, Ambrose has got to be there. You could Again, you could argue for like McCarthy, but I just don't... No, no, I don't think so. Um... You know, maybe like I did Clint Hill because of what after Palace, like no. Danny Butterfield over Joel Ward. You could argue it, but I'd have Ward. Um sorry, just going through that team. Same with Sean Derry, like I don't know, he's just not he's not a cult hero in that sense. He's just like a general club hero. Yeah, so not for me. But we're putting Ambrose in. Anyway, sorry, back to the striker conversations. My brain going all over the place. Then you're getting into like Glenn Murray era, who I think it was again was just too good. I think that he people might disagree with this, but I think his contribution was like too major at Palace for him to be a cult hero. Again, he's a general club legend for doing that. Um, And I think also like the Brighton thing does take away some of the cult hero side of things. I don't think it takes away anything he did for Palace, but it does take away that. Um, Premier League era, I mentioned Cameron Jerome. He's maybe unlucky to to miss out here. Um, You know, after that, we were kind of a bit starved, like Fraser Campbell, Fraser Campbell is the kind of cult hero material, but not not for us, I don't think. Dwight Gale, you know, he's also in the shout, to be fair. Uh, you know, it, we're spoiled for choice. We're spoiled for choice. So I think what I'm going to do, because, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say right now, I have Mateta written on this, on this 11, but I think that's premature. I think I can narrow it down, right, to, to Alan Lee, to Dwight Gale. I'm going to put Mateta in there as well. And one more. You know what? Because he did play for Palace in my time supporting us. I'm going to put Clinton Morrison in there as well. I'm going to put a poll up on Twitter. So it'll be up when you read or when you listen to this podcast. Go to my Twitter at TalkTPFC um, and vote on what will be the pinned tweet. So... Who gets in to a Palace cult hero 11 at striker? These are my choices. You're not allowed to choose anyone else unless I get berated for forgetting someone, which will probably happen. Benteke is not in there. Jordan Ayew is not in there. Although, again, Jordan Ayew, in five years' time, prime cult hero material. Um, But no, Mateta, Morrison, Alan Lee and Dwight Gale. Who gets into a Palace cult 11? I think reading those names out... Oh... It probably is objectively Clinton Morrison, right? But in, in my in my head, it's between Alan Lee and Mateta. 
I'd probably go Alan Lee, personally. You know, team of Alan Lees. That's cult hero stuff, man. But I'll leave it up to you guys. Go and vote on my Twitter. You'll have 24 hours to do it from this podcast being released, uh, which will be on Saturday morning. So go and check it out uh, and get your voice heard. And if you do think I've gotten anyone, please do reply to the tweet as well. I mean, outside of the striker spots, we've got Kirali in goal. Joel Ward just pipping Danny Butterfield at right back. Sacco and Delaney as centre-backs. Danny Granville left back. Jedi in holding midfield. And then we've got Ambrose and Shamak playing as number eight ahead of him. Uh, with Sacco and Balassi either side of maybe Alan Lee, maybe Mateta. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I want to hear your voices. I want to hear your opinion. So do let me know who gets into your team. Um, and while you're at my Twitter, follow me at TalkCPFC. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Hope you all have a good weekend. A palace Weekend, Hartlepool uh, in the Cup next weekend. I will not be there, unfortunately, but I can't wait to uh, to see how we get on. Should be a great atmosphere. Um, and there'll be more content coming your way post-transfer window. And hopefully, we will have a new permanent striker and we will have a international midfielder on loan if all goes according to plan. But I'm not getting excited. I'm not going to name drop him because I don't want to jinx it. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. I'll catch you all on the next podcast.